and welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil. And I'm Jeff. And we're here to talk about it all tonight, as yeah. usual. Yes. As the name states. Lots Let's of stuff. talk it all. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on right now in the news. Now that we're doing these programs almost live. <laughs> almost live. Almost live. Almost right. live versus where we were trying to do them a couple weeks in advance, make sure we had shows done. Uh, we are, you know, doing the week of the week of the broadcast, and uh, this broadcast is going to be at least in part dedicated to our veterans, the, the people who have Veteran uh, Day, Veterans put Day, put their lives on the line uh, so uh, we can enjoy. The so Veterans Day is all the vets, yes, current and past, and past. That's correct. Where Memorial Day is just the ones that have died, right? Exactly. Even though I think it's. Find the hour. I think it's fine anytime. Yeah, all the anyone, time. Anyone done yeah. with a vet, you need to be thanking their ass. That's right. Absolutely. No matter what they did. So, Veterans Day is sat- Saturday? Yes, I believe it's Saturday the 11th. That makes sense to me. Yes. Well, <clears throat> it isn't, it isn't. No, it is. It's, it is. Okay. Um, so, we're doing that. And uh, let me tell you, month of November is going to be jam packed. For us, <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got Veterans Day show coming up this this week. The one we're doing yeah. right now. Uh, next week, I think we're doing a special to Kennedy uh, because actually his assassination anniversary date is the twenty second, twenty third. Twenty third, I think it is. Twenty third November, yeah. Yeah. and that'll be the show coming up uh, right prior to Thanksgiving. So we'll probably get a little Thanksgiving in there, but we'll be. Talking about JFK. Right. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of cool information on that because uh, they just uh, they released a lot of, not all the documents, a lot of people think that it's all of them, but Trump at the last un- minute. Unredacted a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, Trump did at the last minute uh, not release, uh, gave them, you know, the ability not to release certain documents. And we'll go into that because I think it's because yeah. George Bush Sr. is still alive, but we'll go into that later. Yeah. And another show. And so, then uh, the show after that is going to be about Black Friday stories from you and me. Yes. Yes. And that'll, that'll, uh... Well, then the show after that, which will be, uh, I think the first show in December... Yeah. ...will be the Sasquatch show. Well, we're going to revisit uh, Sasquatch and, yeah. and other... Yeah. Well, uh, I have a lot... Bi- yeah. Bipedal yeah, cryptids. The, 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 the dog man. Uh, you hear stories of dog man, but I do have a lot of information on Sasquatch. I actually spent two days uh, off and on uh, uh, getting myself updated on Sasquatch stuff, so it uh, should be a good show. And it'll be, like I said, November and December's gonna be kind of full too, so we'll have a lot going on. Yeah. And uh, that's all thanks to Diversity Broadcasting Network yeah, and Renee and her, you know, letting us do our thing and giving us the opportunity, the, the opportunity, the constitutional First Amendment right <laughs> to do our thing. And uh, that's www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com. Yes. And, uh, there's other things on there besides us. Yeah. Uh, uh, Purple Tie, Renee's got some shows. There's some other people that talk on there. And yeah, uh, so we got the Jeremy Hall Music Show. We got Farcast, The Index File, The West Simmons Show, Out of My Head Show, uh, Cafe Enigma Show, Magic Day Radio Show, Family Spirit International Show, uh, Duzzy's Corner, The Express, Weird News, The Mallard Report. 
Uh, the Purple Tie, uh, The West Simon Show, which I talked about already. Let's Talk Ghost is still on there. Uh, uh, Paranormal Lot Files. Parties in My Pants. Everyday Life. I mean, there's a lot of different shows. There's a lot of different shows and a lot of, lot of diversity. Yeah, that's why the diversity broadcast network. Broadcasting a lot of diversity at that network. It's uh, probably a good name she picked out for it. Uh, but no, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And uh, we're Let's Talk It All. And that's Let's Talk It All.com. That's right. And uh, you can find semi-current updates. We, <laughs> I thought October was up, but apparently there was a glitch between me uploading and and uh, in motion making sure I got there. So yeah. we'll get it fixed. So I think up through at least September's there. We'll get okay, October up and we'll get November going. Um, and we'll get pictures. We got some pictures going on. I posted on our Facebook feed. I posted some stuff that was relevant. Mm-hmm. I thought there's some interesting stuff. Always Always fun stuff on Facebook. You, you know, know what's relevant it? right now? A lot is relevant. Well, right well now. you know, we just had brought up uh, the past show and the show before that and different shows along the way. This, you know, Russia propaganda shit uh, that the, oh, uh, yeah. the Democrats are feeding everybody. And uh, Diane Feinstein, uh, which oh, is the ranking Democrat from California, who sat on this committee for a year investigating Trump, said it yesterday, and I quote, we have seen zero evidence of Trump and Trump's campaign colluding with the Russians. Again, zero evidence. Okay, and she was one of the ones in the beginning calling for the independent investigation, which she was part of for a year. Zero evidence. Good ways to taxpayer money, which I predicted there would be nothing, and there is nothing. Okay. Because this is Diane Feinstein, so we wouldn't normally quote her any other time on this show. But it's just nice to hear them that they're wrong. And they're well, yeah, they're wrong. if they're saying they're wrong. <laughs> but I think it's like a double negative, so maybe they're right. right. And, of course, then we get to see, which I also predicted well back in the Let's Talk Ghost, uh, when I was part of that show, that the Democrats were purposely screwing Bernie Sanders and the Hillary campaign was controlling the Democratic Party. And we know for a fact today that is true. That is now factual information. Yes, the Democrats were completely controlled. The Democratic Party during the primary rigged the election for Hillary Clinton so she would win over Bernie Sanders for the primary. That's exactly what happened. Just so you know, everybody, that is a fact. So the question is, would Bernie have beaten Trump? I think, you know, here's the thing. I think he would have. I think he would have a lot closer. I, I, I think he would have won. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people were dying for change. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> the younger folk, um, a lot of them sat out, I think, the election uh, when they didn't get who they wanted, meaning Bernie Sanders. And I think that percentage would have been enough in a lot of states. Um, Bernie had a wide appeal to a lot of different voters. Now, he may run, you know, in, uh, was it 2020? That's the next election, right? 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Um, so all this nonsense again in 2019, end of yeah. 2018. Yeah. So we're only about a year. You know, I think Joe Biden. Away from this nonsense. I think Joe Biden's going to run. Jesus yeah, I God. think he's going to run. I even, there's a possibility, it's small, with Al Gore, which, believe it or not, I like Al Gore. That's one Democrat I could vote for. So I know it sounds nuts. We'll go into another show on that. But yeah, Al Gore is my man. Always has been. Al Gore. Smartest just book. just because he invented the internet. There's <laughs> <laughs> no reason. <coughs> so my question would be, if if you actually would then have the Democratic Party admit their fraud, would it invalidate the election? 
No. No, I, I don't want to invalidate the election. But do we know? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, I don't think this. I, is, think, I don't think this has ever happened in the two hundred and seventy some odd years we've been doing these things. Well, I mean, in all fairness, I have to be fair. The Republicans have done similar things of their own. They pick who they really. The old guys well, get around. Right. It didn't I, work I, against I, Trump. They didn't want Trump, so it, Trump was able to guide and broke the mold. But the election before that, the two thousand twelve election, um, you know. A lot of people, you know, they don't remember who came in second in more primaries than any other candidate. And one primary was stole from, from which, uh, which one of the very first ones, the New Hampshire one, uh, was Ron Paul. Ron Paul came more in second in more primaries than any other candidate uh, during the 2012 uh, campaign. And he actually won New Hampshire. Uh, and it was stolen from him. Um, and uh, the Republicans purposely... Uh, rigged it for a way that they would get Mitt Romney. Um, so both Man. parties do it. They most certainly do do it. Um, and, it and it's a sickness in our, in our system, in, our, in our, our constitutional system. It's a sickness. So here's, here's how this segues in. So obviously we, we, the, 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 the potential, the problem is the political parties. Oh, I think so. Pardon me, probably. Yeah. So and I don't know if it was just on New York's ballot today or if it was on all the ballots as a prop across the country. No, it's just New York. Uh, idiots. So, on the New York ballot today, we just voted today. It was, we're, we're taping this on a Tuesday. Prop one was, do you feel we need to have a constitutional convention? And I'm assuming they meant national constitutional. I don't know if no, they, they meant state. The state oh, did they? Yeah. Uh-huh. New York state constitution. I'm not going for that one either. But anyways, <laughs> first of all, I, I wouldn't want them doing either because these people are just idiots. They're just idiots. I, I'm sorry. They're they're crooked. They're crooked bastards. And the thought of them going in and which I don't even know why they bother because they just do it anyways. They do what they want. Yeah. They do what they want. Um, the Safe Act. We've talked about the Safe Act before. It was probably one of our earlier shows. This was just a. This was proposed and written at ten thirty at night, and they voted on it at twelve oh one. And hardly anyone had a chance. To and read no it. one had a chance to read it. Yep. It was one of these. Well, we got to put it in, then we can read it, and blah blah blah. blah. This was a horrible thing. Horrible thing they did, and and this is going to segue into other things we're talking about tonight, but. Yes, it, 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 I don't know what it made safer for, but they restricted magazines, not, not reading magazines, but gun magazines, certain types of guns, uh, grandfathered in, but only if you claimed you had them, um, blah, 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 blah. This was all done as, as a gun grab at local level, at state level, which I don't, and we'll talk about this too, I don't know how that's constitutional at a state level to blatantly disregard the Second Amendment. Well, I, I think part of the problem at, at that time, because it did come, become before the Supreme Court, at least uh, aspects of it. And if I remember correctly, uh, at that time, the Supreme Court was, you know, kind of run by Democrats. Uh, and it's changed now. It's in Republican favor. Uh, it may come up and again, and it may be shot down. Uh, the Supreme Court did uh, shoot down, uh, was it, 
Rhode Island? Rhode Island, one of the, either Connecticut or Rhode Island had a, uh, a law against taser guns. You couldn't own a taser gun. And that actually came across the, uh, the Supreme Court. And they struck that down as they felt that was a, against, you know, a right to bear arms. <coughs> and so New York State also has the same ban, and they automatically put it in limbo because once they found out the Supreme Court ruled that as, you know, unconstitutional, yeah. New York State has to rewrite their law, which they're trying to do right now. Um, so right now, right now in New York, it's legal to have a taser gun. <laughs> For a time being. I mean, because well, it's a gray area. Yeah. There's lots of gray areas. A lot of gray areas. A lot of gray areas in New York State laws at all. It's all you know, it, here's a safe fact. What's even, even worse about it is if you read it and it, the way you can interpret it, and this is what sucks about interpretation. If you're a hunter, um, you go hunting. Well, obviously, you don't, you don't want to keep bullets in your gun. But if you read the safe act, it implies that you can have a gun and bullets in the same vehicle. So how the hell are you supposed to go hunting? I mean, if you read it, that's exactly what it says. Technically, you're supposed to have one vehicle that has the guns in it and another vehicle that has the actual ammunition. That's freaking crazy. There it is. It is. <laughs> and it's because they have... No guns! Protections. They, yeah. they have protection. They have protection. <laughs> they have security forces and security details and bodyguards. And none of them hunt. And... And none of them know how to hunt. You know what? And they might go on a, a, a shoot, you know, the, for photographers so they get some publicity over country folk bullshit. They're New York's, you know, New York's uh, city, you know, yuppies. And I get what you're saying, the hunt. I'm not even going to take that fallback position because that just that just muddies the water. It isn't about hunting. It's about having the ability to protect yourself if you want to. If you want to. I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not everyone. And believe me when I say, if you cho- choose to go that route, you better be ready to go that route. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. And I, I've never had to shoot another human. But I know if push came to shove, I could do it. And I would not lose a moment's sleep over it. Not everyone's like that. Up until a few years ago, my wife wasn't like that. But now, she's more inclined to shoot first, ask questions later. Well, I just, me and Heather have had this conversation back and forth, and <clears throat> along with Keegan, uh, now he's 13, and I made it very clear to them that if the shit ever hits the fan, um, we can't be nice. We're going to have to kill people. That's just the way it's going to be. And I'm serious. I, I mean, the shit hits the fan. Everything know. collapses. <clears throat> People are going to come for what you have, and you have, have to, not to try and talk them down. You're going to have to, you know, not even ask questions. You're going to have to shoot people on your fucking front porch, and that's how it's going to be. They're going to die. They're going to die on your property, and you're going to shoot them because there's going to be no police force. There's going to be nobody there to help you. You're going to have to make that split decision right then and there. And I've made that perfectly clear to both of them that I expect them to have my back when I'm shooting people. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, none of my shit's being stolen. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's my stuff. It's my stuff. And my if I, stuff. I, I need food it's and you're my, my food. Stuff. Well, here in Cannibal Jeffy, here we go. Wow. <laughs> Look at the size of that Jeff. one. Jeff <laughs> Darmowski. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I again, I'm not going to. It's not about hunting. It's not about. It's not. It, I, I'm, I'm all about hunting. I'm all about hunting. I got a problem. But. 
this just comes down to it's about your constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And it's current. It's it's meant to be current to today. Just like the First Amendment is meant to be current to today, just like all the other amendments are meant to be current to today, not retro retrospective to seventeen seventy six. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, if we obviously are going to allow things like cell phones and social media and stuff to fall under the First Amendment, uh, guarantee you, George and Tom and Ben did not ever en- envision Facebook. Or even, even you know, something like golf. If golf can be constitutional legal, as boring the shit Don't as it sir. is... But you know the reason I'm bringing on golf is I got you. I got you something. Did you? I got you something. I got you the party league golf set. (laughs) For your enjoyment. Oh my god. Yes. I love it. uh, you and Alani can do shots and play golf. golf. Yeah. I love it. Thank you very much. Yes, that is my gift to you. This is perfect. (laughs) I love it. And I did not get that in the antique store. I bought that brand new. That is not used. That is brand new. Nice. Yeah. So. Mini golf. Yep, mini golf. Uh, there's right. room for six shots. Yep, two, shot glasses. Two putters. It's like two golden balls. This must have been out of Trump's collection. <laughs> and 19th hole on it. Nice. Yeah. So we'll try. We'll have to make room in somewhere <laughs> at the house for that. Thank you very much. That's you're funny. You're That's funny. Yeah. Jeff and I had a discussion at, off the air last week about golf, and he he says it's boring. I'm trying to tell me he hasn't played it right then because. I'm not one. I'm not one much for physical activity, and obviously, I take a cart whenever possible. But I do enjoy getting out and tipping back a couple and whacking that golf ball around, and just to see what the hell you can do with it. But anyways, unless we digress. Yeah, yeah. You know so, why? You know why a uh, pillar stable is green? You had your balls racked all day. You'd be green too. Yeah, anyway, hey, boom, hey, there's one in the <laughs> side pocket. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, yeah, so Veterans Day is coming up, and we want to thank our vets. Um, what do you think about the vets? I mean, like for everything they do, everything. Oh my God, Jesus! Look, uh, and everything they have to endure, and all, every, the, all the crap they have to take. All and, the World War One veterans have, uh, have all passed away. Um, there are a few World War Two veterans still alive. There's one on my street actually. He was actually in Normandy. Um, he is 90, 95 years old. Yeah, he, and actually his daughter works at me. Um, she's, you know, 60-something, 60 or 62. But uh, he's up in her office every so often. Uh, very one of the nicest men I ever met. Uh, he was an engineer in the Army. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was there. He saw it all. You know, he really did. You know, D-Day invasion, he was there for all that. Um, and, uh, you know, you, uh, you if you ever watch, like, the History Channel, you watch some of the stories from the, the, the veterans, uh, you know, taken from 10 years ago, the guys who were there at a D-Day invasion and what it was like and, or, you know, Storm in Sicily, and, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, this, uh, the accounts is just unbelievable um, of what these, these men and uh, the support, the women that supported, that supported them, you know, uh, just went through. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, and then, of course, Korea, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know any of the history of Korea. I actually know quite a bit of it. Um, a little bit. All right. Well, you know, the Korea as a nation wasn't really ever a nation. Somebody always dominated them. So there never really was a unified Korea. Usually China or Manchuria or you know, somebody like that, control of them or even Russia or the Soviet Union. But uh, this is what happened. So when the Communist Party came into power and started gaining power in Korea, 
Uh, they looked at the Chinese and like, hey, you know, we want to take over the southern part of Korea too. And the Chinese like, oh, that's such a hot idea. You know, the war is just over. We're putting our shit back together. But then the Chinese are like, well, this is a good way for us to spread communism because the communists were controlled China at the time. After we bailed their asses out, they got the Japanese out of China. So the leader of China at the time went to uh, Stalin and said, look, this is what we want to do, blah, blah, blah. At first, Stalin said no. Um, Stalin had time to think about it a few months later. Uh, he gave the green light on these conditions. One, he would uh, supply arms through China to the North Koreans, um, but he would not get engaged in a war with America because he didn't want it to turn atomic. Uh, that was his big fear. That this yeah, big thing in those days, yeah. But he saw a way of, you know, to contribute sure. to the communist world. So with the green light from that, the Chinese went back to North Korea and said, all right, go ahead, we're going to funnel you arms and aircraft, MiGs and everything else. And that's exactly what they did. Um, now, the North Koreans, at first, were, you know, almost took over the country. I mean, they were, mm -hmm. like, this close. Um, we pushed back, uh, and, you know, our superior logistics and, you know, our training um, and, you know, the combined forces. I can't remember how many countries it was. I, I want to say it was at least 30 to 40 countries. I could be a lot more higher than that for all I know, the supplied arms. <clears throat> but we pushed them back, um, and... Uh, <coughs> It got so bad at one point um, that the Chinese were begging uh, Stalin to get involved. Stalin got a little involved. Um, there was clandestine operations where big fighters would engage American fighters, the mm -hmm. jet fighters, um, in little skirmishes like that. They did get involved like that at some point. <laughs> but the Chinese got massively involved at one point where we were fighting the Chinese. Yeah. When they pushed us back the second time, we were fighting the Chinese. That's exactly what happened. <clears throat> and the Chinese, all the weapons they got were from the Soviet Union, P-47s, all that came from the Soviet Union at the time. Um, now, uh, Douglas MacArthur was an Allied Supreme Commander uh, for most of the Korean campaign. Um, he had went uh, to, at that time, Truman, and asked Truman to use the atomic bomb on China. Because uh, the Chinese, you know, were going mm -hmm. ape shit on us, pushing us back. Uh, Truman said no. Um, and MacArthur made it very public what he wanted to do. Uh, he actually disobeyed orders from Truman at some point. I don't know what those orders were, but it was enough where he was called back to America to face Congress. Uh, he was relieved of his command. Um, but I often wonder maybe if MacArthur had the right idea. Maybe, you know. Uh, but regardless, so MacArthur unfortunately was removed from power, uh, the Allied Supreme Commander, and he was replaced. And we settled for an armistice. Yeah. No. We're still dealing with Koreas. Well, you know, in Patton, at the end of World War II, he was put in, in charge of European forces, <clears throat> facing off against the Soviet Union. And Patton uh, made it very clear, uh, this is what got him removed by power, by the way, and re recalled to America. Uh, unfortunately, he died before he got back to America. <coughs> he was actually in a very bad accident. Uh, but uh, Patton had told, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, geez, I can't remember the general's name, but he was basically right underneath Eisenhower. And uh, he told him that, uh, you know, we might also fight the Russians now. I'll start the damn thing if you want me to, but we're going to have to come back and do it anyway at some point. Why not do it now while I have the army here to do it with? Yeah. You know, they're in no shape to withstand us. And actually at that time, Patton was correct. We would have beaten the Soviet Union. There's no doubt about it. 
Um, and again, we could have saved. Just, we could have saved seventy years of turmoil and yeah. massive amounts of money being burned. We would have been the only superpower. But again, another story. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's not. It's not in the American. I mean, it, it was we. We we got into the Second World War begrudgingly. I mean, when we get when we got in, we got in. Let me tell you, we were well. We were in yes and one hundred and ten percent. Well, yes and no. The, what happened was when Japan bombed America. That's when we got involved. We right. declared war on Japan, but we didn't declare war on Hitler. People don't realize that we didn't do that. Hitler got pissed at us because he had a he had a defense pact with Japan. Hitler declared war on America after we declared war on Japan. We never declared war on Germany. Well, that's what I'm saying. We yeah. didn't, you know, when we got into it, we got into it. <laughs> right. But we wouldn't, you know. it would have been longer oh, yeah. if Hitler didn't do that. It would have been before we got in the European, you, you know, the side of things. Oh, um, we would have been, we'd have been putting it on our shores. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, you And you can get these books, these revisionist history books that, the what if, the what if books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate to say it, but probably some are. Give you something to think about that, but uh, well, the Len Lease Act, which was huge, kept Britain alive and actually kept the Soviet Union alive too. We supplied through Britain uh, tanks, uh, Matilda tanks, uh, aircraft through us directly uh, to the Soviet Union, um, just to stay and keep them alive because they were getting their asses kicked by the Germans, and you know, mm-hmm. and there was never been a counter offensive by Russia without the Len or Soviet Union without the Len Lease Act, it never no. would have happened. And Britain would have failed without the Lenny Sack. That, that is a fact. There's no doubt about it. We kept the forces alive that needed to be alive until sure. we were totally engaged in that, sure. uh, that sure. front. So. Sure. But, uh, yeah, World War II, that was, uh, that was some, some crazy stuff when I had World War II. A lot of things happened in World War II. A lot of turning point for a lot of things. Um, it was just kind of an off-air conversation joke I had. But... During World War II, and especially in the in the Pacific, um, we ran into an enemy that was psychotic. Japanese, Japanese were well, not just Banzai! not just the ones fighting. <laughs> it was the ones that were entrenched in the islands, and um, there was a need to have a different type of soldier. Well. The, uh, the Japanese, the way they viewed their emperor, he was a god. He was a right. living god. And when he gave the order that they took from him that, you know, they were to defeat America, there was no retreat with Japanese. This, is, this, no. is, this was their duty to no, their, right. their they were, god. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were, it was all or nothing. Yeah. And um, the, the generals and whatever at the time knew that they needed something different to fight a Pacific War. Yep. And, um... <laughs> The answer was the Marine Corps Raiders. Um, this was this was a, a group of individuals that basically are the the forerunner to all special forces that came after. There was no Green Berets, were no SEAL, Delta Force, no nothing. There was it was this these four divisions of Marines. That were the were the first in, last out, and given impossible tasks with with minimal numbers. And um, my dad was one of them. Your dad was a my, uh, my dad was one of them. My dad was uh, 
was a, a bigger badass than I realized. And, and these were, these were, this was the first time this had ever been done. This is the first time these, this kind of training had ever been done with these people. And this training was hardcore and intense. And I would tell you, I didn't learn this from my father. He didn't talk about this at all. I, I knew he was in the Raiders. You know, he had, you know, some patches from his uniforms, the wedding picture from him and my mom. He's in full dress uniform with the patch on his shoulder. But he never talked about this stuff. And I cannot, as I researched and, and understood what they were being asked to do, I can I can get why he probably didn't want to talk about this stuff after it was over and done. Because I think these these men were asked to do horrific horrific things in the name of their country. Oh yeah, sure. And then go back to civilian life and uh, forget about it. Yeah, well, try to forget about it. Well, try to forget about it. I think that was it. Try to forget about it and go back to civilian life. They were trained to kill anyone not them. Yeah. Um, well, they were trained to kill anyone that endangered the unit or the outfit. Um, as I read more, got interviews, read interviews with other people that. One of the questions they would ask the soldiers prior to being finally accepted into one of the Marine Corps uh, Raider divisions was, could you kill a fellow soldier that was compromised in the unit? And uh, you need to answer and convince them that you could do this. And it sounds crazy. It sounds really harsh. But the whole point of this is that, you know, the missions they were doing and stuff like that must succeed. Was must succeed, were very stressful. And if all of a sudden you're on a five man team or whatever it is, or your whole battalion and one of your guys starts freaking out and gonna give away your position or whatever, would you have the ability to silence them? And again, I'm not sure if this question was ever asked prior to this. Of the soldiers that were the volunteer, these were bound. This is the the raiders were strictly volunteer, and a lot of these guys weren't even in the service until Pearl Harbor, and then they signed up. But that's just I guess. Could you? Could I? I don't even know if they even asked that question today. I doubt they even asked that question today. It's all you know when you're in, you're in one of these teams. It's all about brotherhood, blah, blah, blah. no man behind. But back then they're like. The mission's got to come first. And this, yeah. is, this is your brother, but if he's freaking out and endangering the group, you got to take care of it. Well, I, I think it's probably the same today. I uh, I know I've watched some documentaries on you know Navy SEALs, and uh, <clears throat> it was one after a mission didn't go the way it was supposed to. A real mission, not you know real bullshit. It was a uh, mission in Iraq uh, before. I think it was Desert Shield before Desert Storm. Anyway, so it was a documentary, and you you know somebody died. You know, when they didn't come back, and uh, when somebody dies in a mission like that, it means somebody else in the team fucked up. That's basically what it means. Yeah. And there's a lot of blame that goes around. Um, it's, uh, it's fascinating to watch in a way, um, but uh, how you know they plan out every possible scenario when they do these missions of what could go wrong and how do we react if it goes wrong this way, and it it went wrong a particular way that they figured it may, and somebody to do their job and somebody died because of it. You know, mm-hmm. so. All right, we're halfway through. <laughs> it is. So I say we have a drink. Give to no one else, my dad and the Marine Corps Raiders. <laughs> All right, yes. All right. 
And what are we what are we doing? We are going to be sampling hot cinnamon apple pie moonshine from Fly Creek Distilling. Which you've been there before. I've been there before and uh, was part of that Route 28 trip. Uh, it was the second day that Alani and I went. You and I didn't make it quite as far as the e Fly Creek Distillery. <laughs> For, for several reasons, we didn't even come close. No, um, but but uh, yeah, so this place is kind of fun. This is a it's a, it's a app. It's a cider mill slash food place slash wineries slash liquor making joint. Um, and if you spend more than two hundred dollars, you get a free cookbook, folks. Just, you know, because I did. I spent more than two hundred dollars. And if you spend more than fifty, you get a free bag to carry your crap in. Yes, I got two bags. You got, I two, got two. I bags. hope you got at least two bags. <laughs> um, but this place is kind of neat. It's uh, out there on Route Twenty Eight, and uh, they're open year round. But um, yeah, this got some got some good stuff. You I, oh, I bought barbecue sauce. Hot sauce, barbecue garlic sauce. 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 I bought all kinds of crap. Uh, snacks donuts. and donuts. Fudge. And I bought fudge. the damn you and your damn fudge. It was his fault about the fudge. You texted me when I was there. Oh, fudge. Really good. Well, I saw it in the picture, so you already had it in your cart. But it was <laughs> Did really I? Good. Oh, okay. All right. I, really good. I, I thought I asked you text. Alani, Alani's a fudge snob. <laughs> and we actually bought fudge here. Alani's funny because she doesn't always remember that she's talking in an out outside voice. She's not using her in inner voice. So, like, she'll try fudge, and she won't like it. Oh, no. And she'll just, she goes, oh, this is just awful. <laughs> you know, it's just like that, and just about that level. And I'm like, oh, honey. It's... <laughs> and usually it's the people that make it right, right, there. right there. Yeah. And not so much at the Fly Creek place, right. but I'm just, oh, yeah, we, you know. <laughs> us and the quilting ladies get together and do this on Sunday. Blah, 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 and and line up training. Oh, this, this is awful. <laughs> really, honey? Just... Really? So, I, I, I actually talked to her when we went to this place to try the fudge. I said, honey, if you don't like it, just walk away from it. Don't make a comment. Please, for God's sake, don't make a comment about how you don't like the fudge. So, she liked it, but she understood what I was saying, too. So, let's try the apple pie yes. moonshine hot cinnamon. Here's to our fallen soldiers. Fallen soldiers. That was smoother than I thought it was going to be. That wasn't bad. It was supposed to shake you. <laughs> yeah. But that was smooth. That's that wasn't I, bad. I like that. That's kind of like, I, I don't like it really, you know, strong. Mm -hmm. That was doable for me. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of like a couple of my ex-girlfriends. Oh! oh boom! Bang! <laughs> So yeah, World War II brought about the birth of the Special Forces. And I don't think anyone wanted it because the Marine, the Raiders were disbanded right after. Yeah, but they morphed. They later morphed into. It would be later they would, they would, they would find a need for them again. Um, yeah, Delta Force. You got the Green Berets. It wasn't. It wasn't until Vietnam. Andrew, I don't think there was much. When my dad went back into Korea, he went in through the Army instead of the Marine Corps at that time. Um, so I'm not sure what their presence was during Korea. But it isn't until you get into Vietnam that you start to see uh, Special Operation Group SOG, um, Green Berets, things like that, John Wayne, that kind of brought. You know, here's a fascinating story to bring up Green Beret. I actually George had. George Takai, you know. Yeah, <laughs> George I actually had a uh, English teacher 
in uh, the school district I went to when I was a kid. And he was a former Green Beret, and he served in Vietnam. And he was effed up in the head, folks. Uh, inter- incredibly intelligent. A uh, thinner guy. Um, maybe 160, 165, like six foot one, maybe. Um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I remember being in class, and we were probably in 11th grade. And one of the kids got real mouthy, one of the bigger kids. And he went to shove the teacher, and I tell you what. With the blink of an eye, that kid was on the floor. I mean, it was so fast. I mean, it was this reactive training, but, you know, that he had as a Green Beret. It was like that. Bam, the yeah. kid was down. Unbelievably fast. And I was like, damn, it's like an American ninja. You know, and yeah. he was old at this point. This guy was like in his, you know, early 60s, late 50s at this point, you know. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess with those people. That's what it was. No, that's, you know, that's what it was with the Raiders. It was, you know, they completed basic. But then after that, their training was all, how do you kill someone? Yeah. Like, here's here's a hundred different ways you can learn how to kill someone. Yeah. You need to know them and do them. You know, things like that. So, um, my dad was in, he's, his last, he was in Guadalcanal for the last part of the war that he was in with the, with the Raiders. And I guess, you know, he did say it was just... I mean, it was just just crazy, crazy things, you know, no food, no water, when you had it, it was very little, uh, days on end, and just killing, 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 killing the enemy, yeah. you know, and like I said, you never really talked about it, but he did it and came back, and, you know, you got to ask, what happened between then and Vietnam that pushed those soldiers over the edge. You didn't hear it. I mean, I'm sure it was there. I'm sure PTSD and all this other stuff has been there all along. It's always, it's always had different oh, names well, and things like that. Even during World War One, you had shell shock. Shell shock. You know, and it's always had different names. Because of the French Wars. But, but it just seemed to be more <clears throat> and more and more prevalent once well, we got into that. I, I think in Vietnam, obviously there's a lot of different factors, um, um, but, you know, look, a part of it was we didn't fight the war the way it should have been fought to begin with. I mean, you can't run a war from the White House. You can't no. do it from the Oval Office. And that's exactly what happened. You can't do it LBJ from was an idiot. He Florida killed Congress. Kennedy, which we'll get into another show. Um, you know, he did. No shit. No, he did. Um, he was an evil bastard. Part of the clan too. A lot of people don't know that. Um, fact. Uh, oh no, he was. He was in the clan. I believe you. Uh, um, but uh, it, you know, we do the whole show in Vietnam at some point. It's, oh, yeah. it's really a mess. I mean, when you really get into the details of it, like I did, you know, and you know, because I did Korea first, but Vietnam was just a complete cluster F from the beginning to the end. In fact, you know, actually, one of my old bosses uh, was a lieutenant in Vietnam uh, in a tank brigade. Okay, you know, tanks, mm-hmm. you know, light tanks. And uh, he had uh, armor, uh, a plate in his head, because he took a shell through the helmet, went into his brain. They took it out, they put a metal plate in his head, and a metal plate in his thigh, and three purple hearts, and one in his ass, of all places. Uh, not a metal plate, but he, you know, he no, shot in the shot ass, in. got shot, uh, shot in the thigh, and he got uh, shot in the head, in the, in the brain. And uh, his name was Gary, I'm not going to say his last name, but I have a lot of respect for Gary. But I'll tell you what, 
<laughs> this is at Sam's Club, by the way, when I was a kid, right? So he was the bakery manager, and he was in charge of the bakery and in charge of the pizza, like the little pizza place that used to be out in the middle of the floor. Right. And we used to call the, the path from the bakery to the pizza place the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh, <laughs> no shit, because no. you had to deal with Gary. And nobody, if Gary was in a bad mood, everybody was going to have a bad fucking day. That's just the way it was going to be. You know, and the one day Gary's the happiest clan, and the next day you don't know what you're going to get. You know, and uh, you know, you might be cursed out. You damn kids, you don't know what it's like, and you, then you get, you know, one of the scary war stories. Oh, yeah. and he wasn't bullshit. I mean, he, he told you some no, shit. I'm sure he, he did. Goes, you know what it's like, Chef? You know, you're bitching about cleaning the floor. You know what it's like to watch one of your buddies, one of these kids coming, he's 18 years old, and you're charging me, watching fucking Hank and Blur out his fucking shoulders, Jeff? You know what that's fucking like? I saw every fucking day, Jeff! <laughs> So don't bitch about the fucking floor, Jeff! You know, I mean, that's yeah. kind of shit you deal with, you know? Uh, God bless him. Uh, but he was right, you know? It kind of put things in perspective real quick for me, you know? Uh, don't bitch about going in the freezer. Put the load away. <laughs> you know, I could you know, I could have been in a, a rice paddy had my arms my arms blown off, you know? So, uh... Well, and I think the Vietnam War was more publicized, too, and I think, you know, I... It was more publicized than, I think, a lot of the... The horrors more publicized. Um, well, when you had freaking brigades or not brigades, but platoons going around with fingers around their necks. Well, you know, I mean, that really happened. Uh, I mean, yeah. that really did happen. It's no bullshit. They were cutting off people's fingers after they killed them and bringing, you know, putting them on a necklace. I mean, people were freaking out over there. And you know, you're drafted into a situation you want to be in. You're thousands of miles from home, and you're killing people when you first meet them. And you got kids running up in your camp and setting off bombs, you know, and, yeah, and women are... and old women and, you know, and baby carriages. <laughs> there's a baby in the carriage, but there's a bomb there, too. I mean, like, just stuff we can't imagine. I mean, we're starting to imagine now with what's going on in the world with Islam, was... and, you know, not Islam, sorry, with ISIS. Uh, and I did not, that was a, you know, you know what I mean. Radical I didn't Islam. Mean, I didn't, I'm not blaming Islam. I'm saying, you know, radicalism. Yes, thank you. Uh, but we're seeing it now, you know, like, you know, the, the guy with the bus or whatever the hell is the truck, you know, running all those people and then he's praised to Allah. Well, you know, and, and, and he, here we go. Here we go again. This is this brings us to the other thing we want to talk about today. And again, we're about thanking the veterans, but we've we've got some homegrown stuff that's gone. gone crazy too. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, Texas, Texas yeah. church. 20, 26, dead. He was 20, an atheist. 20 plus, wounded. Yeah. Um, he said Jesus needed more, they needed more up in heaven than he needed them here. That's what he said. You well, know, this, is what, this is what he said. These, these are unstable people. And this is, this is where, you know, and I was up in a small borough of New York while Lonnie was doing her second medium thing. And uh, I had nothing to do all day but kind of hang out and work on websites and peruse Facebook. And this is all that lit up Facebook Sunday. This is all that lit up Facebook Sunday was this shooting in Texas. And we've even lost the decency and respect to hold off a day before this becomes a political, a political hot potato yeah. nightmare, pointing fingers calling out people, people that are trying to put out words of comfort are being called, you know, idiots and stupid and don't give a fork about what, what's going on. If they did, they would have done something before now. And 
it's just horrible. I just, I, I, I'm not belittling the people that died, but the, the aftermath and everything that's gone on publicly since is just as hideous to me as anything that happened in that church Sunday. Um, you got the left pointing at the right and the fact that the church was a Baptist conservative Republican church <laughs> actually saying the people deserved it. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, the upside is there'll be 25 less votes the next Republican election. Really? You, 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 you put that out in a tweet or a Facebook page published just hours after it happens, you people are the ones that need to have your head examined. Um, you know, speculation about the guy that did it. He was, he was a Muslim. He wasn't Muslim. He was Christian. He, he was white. He was well, this, well, that. He was Christian, but then he became a Muslim con convert. And, you know, I think the only thing they got right was his name and the fact that he was in the Air Force at one point and let go. It's come out now that he was in the Air Force. He was dishonored, discharged. There were some domestic issues. Uh, some clerk somewhere in some office in the bureaucracy that's known as our government forgot to file a paper to some agency that they think would have flagged him when he went to buy a gun legally. You know what? Maybe they did. But I got news for you people. And right wing, left wing, Republican, Democrat, whoever. If there is hatred and evil in people's hearts, they will find a way to let it out. Yep. Yep. If it's a gun, it's a gun. If it's a car, it's a car. If, if it's a lack of if tomorrow somehow tomorrow every firearm in everyone's possession disappeared. And we were all on a level playing field. They would find some other way to kill people. Did you know? No, you're right. Car. They're, yeah. they're going to run you yeah. down. They're going to get a machete and cut you up. They're going to close the door and block it and set the place on fire. They're going to... Honestly, if my goal was to kill as many people as possible in church, I would poison something like the communion wine. Maybe. Not, not, not putting this out for recommendation. <laughs> I'm just saying there are lots of ways people gravitate to what's they're familiar with. Don't drink juice. <laughs> <laughs> gravitate to what they're familiar with and what they may have in their possession. Um, he was ex-military, so he's familiar with the AR-15 style rifle. Uh, and obviously he had possession of one. Now, you know, as the media made this, like you said, everyone started jumping and it became an issue of ooh, pointing fingers. And, you know, I, I just want to take this moment to point out that for six years, in the over six year period, 18,000 people, 18,000, I'm going to say the number one more time so people understand what I'm saying. 18,000 people were shot in Chicago, one city alone. 18,000 in a six year period. When Barack Obama was president, by the way, eighteen thousand. Okay, and in that city of Chicago, you cannot own a firearm. But eighteen thousand people were shot, and over three thousand died. Okay, 
and the media doesn't touch that kind of stuff. Why? Because it's the truth. Not only is the truth, <coughs> it's but a, it's, it's, truth. Part, it's part of the left-wing media. I'm and sorry. It, it is a democratic it, city. It is a democratic-controlled city, and they have the highest death rate in the entire freaking world when it comes to guns. It's nuts. And no one says shit. And it muddies the water. It muddies the water about why they want guns taken away. And it's not a... I tell you, it's not about public, it's not about public safety. If it's about public safety, all you would have to do is publish, like Jeff said, the number of people that died in these major metropolitan areas every week. Yeah, every week. Every week, there's a shooting, <coughs> not just one, multiple, multiple shootings in Chicago then, every single weekend, let alone week. I can't remember. <laughs> it was right after the, the the Vegas thing. Someone posted something. Uh, and you know, and again, it's Facebook. I didn't, I didn't fact check it. I didn't go back through and, you know, check the numbers to be specific. But it, it was to make a point. And it said 157 people shot. Blah 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 blah. Oh no, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about Vegas. I'm talking about Chicago. I'm talking about Detroit. I'm talking about Washington D.C. It's happening, and we we choose to ignore that because it's it's a problem. That there's no interest in fixing. There's well, no interest in fixing. I know how to fix it. And Trump brought it up, and he was flying blasted like five months ago. He brought it up. So but I think this is what you do. This is Nas- what you do. Nationalize the guard. Yep. Chicago. This is what you do. You put that entire city under martial law. You send in not you know national guard as many freaking divisions as you need. Okay. You pull from every state as you need. Okay, you surround that city. You go and you go house to house, and you search every house. You find every damn weapon. And if you're found with a weapon that's a gun and it's not registered, guess what? You go to a camp. They set up a camp for you. This is what you do. And then we we have uh, you know uh, judges and juries where we need to do a, you know a process, but we take care of the issue once and for all under martial law. And that's what you need to do in Chicago at this point because it's out of control. You know the system has failed. The gun laws have completely failed. They don't work. Criminals don't give a crap about a gun law. They don't. They don't. Which, which, is the the ironic of the whole thing is that it's it's not the people that legally have handguns that are usually the problem. It's ones that illegally have them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And again, until. Until you can eradicate the hatred and evil in in people's hearts in mind, you're not going to fix the problem. Now there's always going to be a way to kill something. Here's an interesting fact. These are factional numbers, by the way. Okay, in Australia, when they banned weapons, guns for personal use, they took away people's firearms in Australia. This really happened. Okay, within one year. Home invasions went over 70% increased within one year. The criminals know that if you don't have a gun, right. they're going to invade your house. Rape went up 38% in one year. 38% on a national level. That's nuts. It is. Um, home invasions. Um, there was one last week in Horsehead. Yes, there was. Um, right here in New York Well... Not in New York State, right here locally. Horsehead is, it's not urban, it's suburban. 
and it's it's crazy. It was uh, again, and it's the whole article basically. And this is this is what I find crazy is that we're we're undereducated. Someone's knocking at my door at three in the morning or two in the morning. <laughs> they're gonna have one chance to identify themselves, and then they're gonna be dodging bullets. Um, supposedly someone knocked. Guy opens. As soon as the guy opens the door, they shot. As soon as he opened the door, they shot him. As soon as they opened the door, they shot him. I, I just... And not that my possessions are worth that much, but my, my wife, my life, my wife's life is... And so, yeah, if you come a-knocking at... Anytime they've already gone to bed and I come down those steps and ask you to identify yourself and you fail to do it or you think you don't need to and try to bust in, it, you're probably going to be met with very... Fatal, drastic response. And again, I will lose no sleep whatsoever other than the time it takes for the police to take a report and whatever else has to happen. Oh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I sleep at my loaded uh, shotgun every night. And God forbid anyone breaks in my house, I'm going to give them one chance to get out of my house before I feel threatened. And once I feel threatened under New York State constitutional law, I have a right to defend my family. Um, and that's what I exactly am planning to do. I won't shoot anyone in the back, but if they're coming for it, they're going to be shot, and that's just the way it is. See, and I take a little different thought, because until the threat's eliminated, I see it as a threat. Well, could be looking at that. So if they're trying to leave, and it's not on a corner stretcher, <laughs> they can always be bad to cause problems later. <laughs> and I don't think it's fair to give them the upper hand next time. Um, they know what they're doing is wrong. See, this is they had they had their own intent when they came in, and just because they decided now it's a bad idea, and I'm going to run, doesn't preclude me putting one in the back of them. This is I guess this makes me a bleeding heart liberal. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> you bleeding heart liberal, Jeff. <clears throat> anyway, veterans. <laughs> they're a threat. No, not veterans. No, not, no, not veterans. veterans. I'm just telling you, they run away. Though, how's the saying go? Run away, Some live, run fight away, live to fight another day. day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, run away, live to come back and rob <laughs> me again. Fork that. You're taking at least one in the back of the noggin. Okay, I'm going to be popping your coconut, and you're going down. And... You're going to have to argue that you wouldn't have. And the only upside is that I'm the only one there to make an argument because you won't be able to. Well, I mean, in a situation where I'm woken up in dead at night, I hear the door being bashed in, the dogs are barking, I come around the corner, I'm jumping on the bed, I have my shotgun in my hand, I open up my bedroom door, and there's a, a guy coming up the you know, stairs with a mask on. He's being shot. There's no, like, get out. You know, the, the trigger's being pulled at that point. There's no, no playing around. If someone dies, well, well yeah, it's not well, going to be me. It's yeah. not going to be my family member. It's no, be I, I get it. Like yeah, If yeah. I'm home one night <laughs> and Elijah in the kitchen, I hear her screaming, and I come running in, and there's this alien <laughs> at the door waving his hands around, I'm probably shooting the thing. I understand it's probably not the way you start an interstellar relationship. <laughs> interstellar war. But, but, but that alien that was banging on the window of my kitchen, scaring the crap out of my wife, it's going down. 
<laughs> going downtown, let me tell you. Um, we're both laughing about this because oh, Jeffrey laid a story yes. a couple weeks ago about yes. one of his Halloween pranks that probably could have gone seriously, seriously wrong, <laughs> all things considered containing this conversation. Yeah, but, very um, true. Very true. And I hope I never find myself in that situation. I really, really do. I'm not looking forward to that situation, but I'm not going to shy away from it either. Yeah, and, I, yeah uh, I would definitely and, uh, mention that as well. If that makes me whatever, fine. But I think you need to ask yourself, what would you do? If, you know, Rand Paul just had an incident. Yeah, in a street yeah, with yeah, by his neighbor, mugged man. Or mugged or, no, he was mowing his lawn, minding his own business. His neighbor came up out of nowhere and you power drive them broke five of his ribs nice. five of his ribs so he attacked a congressman that's a, or a senator that's a big deal that's a federal crime why is that a federal crime no idea but why I is think, that a federal crime and not a federal crime that attacked me well why is it but if, I guarantee you Rand Paul put in for his character supermatch shortly after it happened well in, in New York State okay we live in a very left wing nut job state oh, we do. what you we do? do we're we do. almost as bad as California oh point. well okay you know if I shot a black man who broke in my house they probably should, you know try, try and get me for a hate crime <laughs> that's what New York State would do you shot a black man he was breaking my house doesn't matter it's a hate crime I mean that's how far left wing nut job these people are you know, and I'm not even a Republican, folks. I'm a libertarian, but you know, I can see it. I see how nutty they're nuts. They're all they're like spend, spend, spend. There's no control over anything. You know, there's no you know kill every baby you can see. There's no control. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. Spend, spend, spend. They, there's no morals, none whatsoever. And it comes to Democrats, in my opinion, zero. You're gonna get a lot of hate mail on this. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. The only problem with Jeff's scenario was <laughs> it may have been a black man breaking into your house, but if you can't give him a smile, where are you going to order shoot? <laughs> oh, shit, that's horrible. We're definitely getting hate mail. Hate mail on that one. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. sorry, I had to take the cheap, cheap, cheap <laughs> black man smiling joke. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't fire to see the whites of their eyes. Anyways. <laughs> So, anyways, um, you want to start saying uh, "Whistle yeah. Dixie" right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the land of cotton. Uh, yeah, I'm not the one to rip a flag hanging on the ceiling of my bar, but whatever. Um, <laughs> or General Lee above you. Or the General Lee, Lee yeah, yeah, Stonewall yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, I think we started the show thanking our veterans and being about Veterans Day. Um, we do appreciate everything that you have done, that you do do, uh, veterans, past, present, future. Um, and no, we don't take your sacrifice lightly. Um, we talked about a lot of things today. But I think a lot of these things, you've put your life in a line to defend and make possible or not possible. Um, Defend our constitution, defend our country, and uh, no, we we're, we're there with you. We may not be there in the battlefield with you, but we have your backs here at home, and uh, we do appreciate everything that you've done, and do wish you the very best when you come back and try to reintegrate to civilian life. I know you know I have uh, propagated the idea many times that we should off all foreign aid at this point. Take that money and pump it right into the veterans. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, 
veterans uh, uh, department uh, to help uh, you know veterans hospitals and veteran care. Um, that's what we should be doing. Not giving out money to these other countries to take care of their people. We should be taking care of our veterans, the people who sacrificed uh, not just their lives but their family all of life. Uh, their kids growing up with a father, or their daughters growing up with a father, and you know mothers being away, and did, just all the crazy stuff that goes along with it. Uh, well, and I think too, yeah, everything, right down to helping them readjust and reacclimate. There's job training programs, whatever you know. And I made the comment earlier: what changed with between Second World War and Vietnam? I think the the level of insanity. Women, children, old people being used as weapons. I think we're still seeing it today. Yep. I think the horrors are probably worse than what we've had. And with each generation, we're less and less equipped to deal with it. Yep. And we just create more and more victims that come home. And we need to be funneling resources and helping them adjust. Uh, it is one oh one in a few seconds. So, oh, so it's about that time. About that time again. We're ten o'clock slot. We can go a little <laughs> bit over. Uh, sometimes we do a little preemptive when they don't know. Anyways, uh, Jeff, last words. Yes, the last words are tonight, folks. That uh, when you see a, a person in uniform uh, in a store or a restaurant, um, if you have the opportunity, thank them. I always make sure I do, and I and make sure the kids do it with me uh, to teach them respect and honor. So with that note, just thank a veteran, thank an active uh, military personnel that received Thank you. Have a great night. And let's be welcome to Let's Talk It All. Oh, my gosh. You let me do the opening. This is what happens. I believe you said you wanted to do the opening. I so. did. I did say that. Oh, by the way, I'm Jeff. I'm Anvil. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, Let's Talk It All. I only said Let's Talk Ghost. Oh, speaking of Let's Talk Ghost, Steve. Let's, Steve. Steve's been asking me on the show when he asked me the other day, and I invited Steve to come and hang out with us and do a couple shows. Nice. There. So hopefully he'll take us up on that. Steve. Yeah, we'll have to pick some good ones. Yeah. Um, and we want to say uh, thank you to Diversity Broadcasting Diversity Network. Network, which carries our wonderful show. www.diversitybroadcastnorth.com. Yep, and uh, last week uh, I listened to the Purple Tie Guys. Friday's in town. Very good show last week. They ran a little over, which is fine. Oh, we Sometimes they run a little short. Yeah. And they uh, start us early. So we, we recommend that you listen to at least, you know, 10 minutes at the end of the Purple Tie, just in case they start us early. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a different show. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good little show. Uh, there's a lot of good little shows on that network. You know, there some is good music on there too. There is. Actually. We don't do enough of the music, but yeah. we're not quite at that point yet. Yeah, we're not at that point yet. Not that we're point. working on we're, that. We're uh, too busy talking about stuff. It all. Stuff. It all. All. Yeah. It all. It all. No. Um, so, what's new in the world today? Do we know what's new in the world. Today? New in the world today. Well, at the time of this recording, there's not a whole lot, but I haven't been paying a lot of attention. I'm working, 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 working. But when this show airs, it'll be, if you're listening to this show, you will have survived Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday. Yep. Black Friday. Black Friday's manner. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they know it's a bit of a racist term. I'm surprised it hasn't been brought up yet why it's called Black Friday. I, well, you know. that may be our first funny story. I'll have to go through that when we get going. Oh, great, great. So you have a story about that. It's fantastic. 
Um, yeah, we're going to be telling our retail stories. We're both former retail managers uh, for most of our lives. Um, I was a retail manager for close to 20 years. Uh, oh, I worked in retail for 20 years, as you say. I was a retail manager. Maybe, I, you know, I even figured it out. I figured about 10 of those, 10 of those 20, you know, supervisor, event manager, and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and if I would have stayed in the field, I probably would have made district manager at some point. But I would have been a shellless piece of garbage human being that fired people on you know, no soul. Uh, I would have made crazy money, but I would have been soulless. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to be that kind of person. I, I didn't either. I'm still on a job. I have had about 20 years in the biz, and uh, probably 15 ish was retail management. And uh, it really didn't start to become soulless until about halfway through. Yeah. I know when I started, it was very, you know, we've talked about this before, it was very stores had control, and you manage your stores, and you knew your customers, and you knew what they liked, and then somewhere it started to switch to. Oh, well, home office wants to do this because in the middle of Arkansas, they know better what you need. Or in the middle of Long Island, they know better what you need wherever. And it just got crazy from there. But that's a whole other week worth of shows to talk about that. Did you know that Walmart employs more people than anybody on the planet other than the U.S. federal government? I, I did, actually. Yeah. And did you know that Walmart Corporation has the second largest computer system on the face of the planet? Um, Only the U.S. government has a lot of computer systems. I don't doubt that. These are little facts that you know when you work for the giant of all giants. Giant. <laughs> great Satan. It's <laughs> not the United States government. It is actually Walmart. South Park did a great episode on oh, South Park. They always do. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Honestly, they yeah, always they really do. do. They always yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but tonight we're talking about Black Friday. Yeah, Black, Black Friday, Friday is... And I didn't know this either. When I first started, when I first started in retail, I hadn't worked any retail. Well, I take that back. I'd worked like at a grocery store, like as a bag boy and stock and things like that. But I really didn't do this whole day after Thanksgiving madness at the grocery stores. It was always before then. So my first year at Walmart, I was on overnights as security, and I kept hearing them talk about this. You know, getting ready for Black Friday and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't know, you know, I'm like, what's that, what's that? So, uh, anyone that's worked third shift know that usually there's a lot of day drinking that goes on, especially when you're in your younger years. So we're out one day, and I said, you know what, I got to say, again, I was already halfway there. And I said, what's this Black Friday? What's that? I said, that it really kind of sounds racist. And like, oh, no, 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 it's the day after Thanksgiving. It's a big shopping day of the year. You didn't know that. And. You know, my, my drunk co-workers that were with me were in front of me. And um, we were laughing about it. We were all sitting around. I can't remember if it was at someone's house or a bar or something. And uh, I'm like, well, I get what you're saying, but it still sounds kind of racist. Can you imagine someone that was African-American didn't understand that? <laughs> Could you hear that phone call? So we were joking about this. And at the time, I did a decent Ebonics imitation and we got we got laughing, and they're like, "You've got to call the store." And mind you, I've been working there for maybe two months. <laughs> you got to call the store and ask for Gail. She's the head CSM, oh. and and you got to do the shtick with her. And I'm like, really? All right, give me another drink. We're drinking more. So they talked me into doing this. So I call the phone, and I call the store, and I ask for Gail, and she gets on the phone. And I just started it. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. I've been hearing about this Black Friday thing. 
and I just know what kind of discount we get. <laughs> and Gail's like, oh, well, it's a discount, you know, a lot of things are on sale. I said, no, what kind of discount do I get as a black American? She goes, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> you mean I don't get no discount? She goes, no, everybody gets a discount. Everybody gets a discount? But it's a Black Friday. How come the black man don't get no discount on Black Friday? And this went on, this went on for, I don't know, two, three minutes solid. Before I finally let her go. I, I need to talk to him about this. You need to talk. I need to know why the black man don't get no black hat. This hell on Black Friday. And uh, so and plus we're getting ready to lose, so we hung up and we're just we're just dying. We're just peeing ourselves laughing because it was so funny. Well, come to find out, Gail didn't take any more phone calls that day. Oh, boy. Like, she was screening her phone calls that were coming in. In fact, it was a couple days before she took any phone calls. So, and I was on third shift. She was on day. So, we were in cross paths that often. And uh, I finally heard, they're like, they're like, Gail's freaking out because <laughs> this black guy called and was upset because they weren't getting discounts and this. So, Gail, so, uh, I don't know what it was. It had to be close to Christmas or something. And uh, Gail was working. And I walked up behind her and I go, Excuse me, are you the one I talked to about with a discount? And she just turned and looked at me and like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> so that was my introduction to Black Friday. And that we still we still joke about anyone that was around at that time, this is going back twenty years. This is probably one of the most funniest stories we hear about Black Friday. It's just torturing the head CSM <laughs> that day. Um, but that was my first experience. But then this, it's just a crazy time. And I, I know just got some stories. And I think one of the one of my first years was the whole Furby thing. Oh, God. Where people yeah. were killing people for fur- Furbies. Furbies. Yeah. Um, you know, and you see the stampedes and... Year after year, they got worse and worse and worse, and people, people, you want to see the pit of humanity, you just need to be at a retail location, any retail location, the day after Thanksgiving, the night after Thanksgiving, as they start to line up at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, And then when those doors crack open, they've gotten a little better about it now. They got a little more control. But it used to be the doors didn't crack open until seven. Yep. Yeah. And it was just it was the fact that they've only had a couple of deaths as a result of this is amazing. But um, I'll let Jeff talk some of his stories. I'm sure he's seen some well, my, wild and wacky. Yeah, my my first uh, experience. I'm sure it was at Wegmans when I was a kid. I don't remember because it was so long ago. But uh, when I worked there. But uh, it was at Sam's Club, and I was in charge of the night crew. And it's the first year that the Wii came out. Oh, yeah. yeah and we got two. <laughs> two Wiis came in. But, of course, it's all through the flyer. We're oh, making yeah. a big deal of it. Corporate Sam's Club's got Wiis. Yeah. And two. two. So you had this line of people. We didn't open. I think we opened early that year, like 6 or 7 a.m., but the line of people, they weren't interested in the special on the TV or the, you know, the, the, the sneakers, the little Johnny. No, they weren't interested in that stuff. They wanted that we. So when you had, you know, like 100 people lined upside your door for two effing wees, it was a disaster. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, people were screaming and yelling. I thought there was going to be a riot. Oh, yeah. I really thought there was going to be a riot. You know, you can't, 
it's just, and they still do stupid oh, stuff like do. that, you oh, know. You know, and now they got smarter when supplies, you know, as supplies last or something, you know. So if they get three, they cover themselves. But absolutely nuts. That you know, that that was just a disaster from start to finish. Um, and of course, you know, I don't know, I don't know how the Walmart side was, but my night crew, I made sure they had Thanksgiving night off. We'd work, you know, Thanksgiving Eve because we're third shift, so Thanksgiving morning we got to work at you know five mm-hmm. or six and go home. Problem with that is we usually got. The cool merchandise at the last possible moment. So that night, nothing else gets stocked. All you're doing is running around trying to find all the new freight that came in that's stuck up in steel maybe a month ago that can't go out. So you're looking for everything, you got everything, and then of course the last minute items are coming in a truck. You unload the truck to get to those. You know, and you got to get all that shit out ready. Yeah. yeah. You know, for that that yeah. morning when they they uh, open up and everything's got to be a set. So, uh, it, 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 uh, yeah, it, it, not fun times. Uh, not fun times. Not fun times at all. No, well, and, and you're right. The Walmart said it was about the same. Um, whatever the hot item was, corporate made sure that you didn't have anywhere near what you needed yep. to to meet the demand. And um, like I said, they've gotten better over the years. They've gotten better. But I remember those first few years. There was no organization to it. There was no like it is now. They had like the store map, and which which was an innovation right out of here. Just telling you straight <laughs> off, and when we get to that story, that was the best idea I ever I, I, I ever saw come up. By the way, for that, so we we would have we would have an option, um, and it usually was you got the night off before Thanksgiving because you had to be in there the night of Thanksgiving to get set up. Right. So we usually had that, and then usually they offered some overtime. Because usually it was good because the floors were all clear of everything at that point. Usually they bring in the maintenance crew to strip everything down and redo it before the thing. So, but yeah, if you were third shift, you worked all the holidays, you worked all the evenings. Um, everything was left on third shift to organize, put the store together, get everything out, make sure everything was out. You had cargo containers out in the parking lot that had a like, cram full of stuff that you, you had to bring in with a forklift and almost guarantee you. It was something below zero when you're out trying to get this done on the forklift. Um, you know, yeah, it was, I remember we used to start two, three in the afternoon, Thanksgiving day, and dump everything and start bringing it in and breaking it down and getting it set up. And yeah, it was, it's, it's a crazy, there's a lot that goes into it that just is, and they don't give you enough, and you've got to deal with the customers that are all bent. And, I can, I can say this about my night crew, uh, and, and this goes for both places that work, but it really goes for Sam's Twitter the most. I can honestly say, for the amount of money they were paid, you know, the employees were paid, and the amount of work Sam's Club, the Walmart corporate, got out of them, it, it was amazing. Um, I've never seen, you know, uh, work hour, labor, uh, comparisons of wage, like that. It was, it was amazing what this small crew was able to accomplish. And they were so underpaid. You know, 50 cent night premium, that's what it was, was 50 cent. You guys got a dollar or something like that. We got, yeah. Sam's Club gave 50 cent. So you got 50 cents more per hour to work third shift. That was a joke. <laughs> what that was it, a joke. It was, but what was, what was really screwed up about Walmart, and it's changed now, but back then, raises were at the discretion of your supervisor. 
Yeah, back in the day. Like yeah. they were available. They yeah. were always available. Yeah. Raises were always available. Merit raise. Yep. Merit raises. Yep. But they were always at the discretion of your supervisor. And I will tell you, I will tell you, the only ones that gave a rat's hiney about their people were the overnight right. supervisors. Yep. That was the same way. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yep. I know. I started out. I started out overnight security, which was a little bit more because it was classified security. Right. But then that was only a temporary gig because when the holidays were over. They didn't have a spot because they closed the store up again. The store was open 24 hours and they closed after the holidays. It was closed during the whole right. Because it wasn't a super center yet. It wasn't a super center yet. So I had the option. They asked if I wanted to stay on as an unloader and a stocker. And I said, sure, if you got the space. Effect. So we did that. And so I already came in at a little bit higher wage. But yeah, they had the ability to. All you had to do was ask. And every six months, we would go up to our, our manager and say, hey, do you think it's about time? Yeah. And if we were doing a good job for us, yeah, sure. My first three years at Walmart, I think they finally finally convinced me in going into like a, a supervisory position just because it was cheaper <laughs> than having me staying hourly because I, I'd, add, I'd got so many raises and merit raises over, over my first three, four years there. Then I was making almost twenty bucks an hour, and people get pissed. Like, Don't get pissed at me. Get yeah. pissed at your manager. Yeah, no. your manager's the ones not at. Your manager's the ones not putting you in for these things. All they gotta do is put you in. And back then, okay, ninety nine times out of hundred, it got approved. Yeah, if it wasn't like every three months or something like that, you know, they, yeah, it was crazy. It was great, but you're. If you asked and you were doing a good job, you got paid decently. You know, when I but overnights were brutal. They could be brutal. And I, I can I can vouch for that. When I worked at Wegmans as a kid, I was seventeen when I started. I was just when they opened here mm-hmm. in Johnson City. And uh, when I left, it was a little over four years. You know, and minimum wage is four twenty five. So I started four twenty five. When I left, I was making almost eight bucks an hour after four years. Merit raises, mm-hmm. all merit raises. Yeah, I think you know? I think so, I you know basically did the yeah. same thing. I doubled my starting pay within the first three, four years, and it got to the point that it was just cheaper to offer me a spot in management than let me stay on as an hourly. And me being the idiot that I was, well, now there's, yeah. there's caps now. For oh, there is caps yeah, now. Yeah. Sam's Club, too. Yeah. You know, they went to a number system takes, and yeah, level system. and Suck the life right out of anything you'd be doing. Yeah. Time. yeah. But, um, yeah, but Overnights did a lot of the work, and they were the ones that put, you know, the Black Friday stuff together and got it all organized. It was crazy. It was back in the day. It was crazy. I don't know. It's like now because everything's corporate. Yeah. Corporate says it goes here, here, place it there, place. It. Yes. Now, when I was a Kmart manager, yeah, you know, this is why. No, this is not the way <coughs> Kmart's out of business. We'll go into that another day. But uh, so we just do one little story. I'm sure there's other ones. I just can't remember them all. But it was another. You know, I I ran the night crew. Mm-hmm. I came in at usually eight. And I worked till eight in the morning, eight to eight. Um, Twelve-hour shifts is what you know. Uh, Kmart managers worked. Um, it was ridiculously long days. So uh, this was in the uh, the store in Binghamton. It's long gone now. And uh, this particular Black Friday, I came in at eight, like I was supposed to, and you know, getting everything you know set and close up the store. We close at eleven, so everybody out. But it was about nine thirty-ish. And, uh, you know, I guess you're on the loudspeaker manager, two layaway manager, two layaway manager. Jesus, I wasn't the only manager. I was mm-hmm. doing other shit. And I wasn't, 
uh, MOD yet, manager on duty. And I was just, so I'm like, fuck, I'll get over there. Like, 15 minutes went by. And this guy, he's pissed. Huh. They lost my fucking layaway. I want my money back. And he's just going off. And I have this TV, and that TV's gone. I'm like, you calm down. Let me No, I've been into 15, 20 minutes now. Call for a goddamn. This guy's just going off. I'm like, and, and, you know, I knew the guy was a, a shopper. I seen him all the time. I'm like, all right, this guy comes in all the time. I'm like, with his family, his kids, you know, all shit, dragging his fat-ass wife behind him. I'm like, all right, all right, hang on, just calm down. So, by the way, this guy's so pissed at the other manager who just kept blowing off his calls. I'm like, okay, come with me. Let's go over to electronics. So he walked over to electronics, and I go, what what TV? He goes, no, you understand, I wanted that TV. It was a good price. No, no, no. I go, how, how big was it? It was like 32 inch back then, you know, 32 yeah, yeah, inch decent sized TV. And uh, it was a 40 inch. I go, there's a 40 inch right there. He goes, that's $200 more. Do I look like a rich man to you? I'm like, you know what I'm going to do for you right now? <laughs> you see that display TV? I'm giving you that for free. You're walking out of here today free with a brand new TV that's been on display for a month. Are you happy now? Get out of town. Get yep. Happy as a clam. You know, no, my manager wasn't happy, but I was happy. And I'll tell you why. See, at Kmart, the worst thing in the world that could happen was a call to corporate, a complaint. That is the worst. Believe it or not, folks, I worked with a manager in Dixon City, Kmart, which now closed. All right? He actually left. I, you can't make this up. He left. You can't make this up. He left the front doors unlocked and the alarm off. The store was broken in that night, and all the jewelry was robbed out of the building. Nice. And they had a big jewelry counter back there. Oh, yeah? You know, we're talking like $15,000 loss. Now, I ain't making this up. You can't... Did he get fired? Nope. nope. Was he written up? Nope. Was he been on a suspension? Nope. Can't make this up. And this is one of the reasons Kmart is where it is. Um, but, yeah, so the worst thing that happened is a call to corporate. That was worse than anything you could do. You could run your hand across a 16-year-old girl, you know, cashier, and get away with it. You can bang her in your office and get away with it. The one thing you couldn't have happen is have a customer complain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was quite that bad, but you're right. It, and no, I never did anything like back. that with 16-year-old girls, so make that clear. I'm using that as an example of how screwed up the company was, just so I'll make sure that perfectly clear. Go ahead. Yeah, please. No <laughs> hashtags, me too. Yeah, right, right. We don't need that. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, the worst thing you could do is have a customer complain. And back in the day... If you were in a Walmart, you were in pretty much for life. You just, it was a customer complaint that would probably get you fired more than anything else. Yep. But, um, but I'll tell you, back, the Walmart here in Bestel had spectacular Black Fridays. Spectacular Black Fridays. Back in the day, back in the day. And for us, back in, for me, back in the day is those years. Just prior to the turn of the 21st century, the 1996, 97, 98, 99, those, they put up monster, monster numbers. This was not a super center yet. It was just a division one monster numbers where we were like number four in the company. Yeah, nationwide folks. For, for total sales out of Black Friday. Now I'll tell you, our store manager at the time and... Uh, <laughs> Micah, he was a genius. He would he'd go after the set. He'd be wheeling and dealing all the way up to midnight. <laughs> wheeling and dealing. Uh, if we still had stuff left over, he'd cut a little more. If there was something else we needed to move, he moved it. 
took a hit, took a little bit of a price whack, get it gone, get it gone, make the sale. Everything you could put on the bottom line, put on the bottom line. And that's how we were trained. That's mm -hmm. how we were trained to do it. And Black Friday was a day that you needed to sell as much as humanly possible. And if you took some hits on markdowns, things like that, as long as your sales reflected it, you were good. You were good. And that's that's where I was learning my training. And then when I finally got my own store in Rhode Island, um, I got promoted middle of October. My first day at that store was the day after Halloween. And they had not done any Black Friday plans for the store yet. We're coming into Black Friday, less than a month away, no plans. Thank God it was just me. Alani wasn't with me yet. I was living at a hotel. Had all the time in the world to take care of this nonsense. And, uh, yeah, we I had some great times. I brought everything I learned from Micah and working at Vestal with me. And uh, I was putting them out. And, again, Rhode Island's a small state. And as small as Rhode Island is, Rhode Island's about the size of Broome County, which is the county we live in. There were seven Walmarts in Rhode Island. Okay. Wow. People in Rhode Island didn't like to drive. <laughs> they did not like to drive. If you in the state small, you could be across state. Some places, fifteen minutes. Start one spot, fifteen minutes later, you're in another state, or you're in the ocean. <laughs> People didn't like to drive, so there were WalMarts all over the state, and these were all between forty and fifty million dollar year division ones. There were no, there was, there were no super signs yet when I went down there. These are just division ones. They didn't have the food and all that sense, and they were averaging forty to fifty million a year. And uh, I know my first year, we put up. I think the year before, my store had done just shy of five hundred thousand dollars on Black Friday. And uh, the year I took it over. I did just shy of eight hundred thousand. I put another three hundred thousand on the bottom line. There you go. And um, and I don't know. We were at a meeting. Someone was someone was yipping about the uh, all the markdowns I took that day. <laughs> but I was getting rid. I was getting rid of crap that didn't need to be in the store anymore. Right. Whacking it, getting it gone, getting it out of my store, purging. And my my DM's like, um, yeah, he spent twenty thousand markdowns, but he added another three hundred thousand on his bottom line. <laughs> I'll take the heat for that one, yeah, you know? Yeah. So uh, I always liked Black Friday. It was always fun to do. But, yeah, the customers, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Rhode Island ones are crazy, too. Yeah. Rhode Island ones are crazy. But and it brings out the best to people, Black Friday <laughs> does. Oh, yeah. It brings out the best. You know, I, I saw one lady in, in Christmas tree shops. They were fighting over one of the – we had these, uh, these bins. They're, they're cages, these little cages on the floor, and there's – you like there's a spacer in there, say so like four items to a cage, and there was one in the bottom, and they're fighting over it. And one lady pushed the other one over into the other cage, literally over and over. Uh, it just nasty, crazy shit. Uh, you know, one guy picked up a piece of a pallet, <laughs> could hit another guy over. I don't know what kind of freaking toy it was. I don't remember. It was one of those. There was always there was always a toy. Yeah, yeah, that's Furby, it. You know, we, little, whatever. Little Johnny had to have, and little Billy had to have it too. You know, uh, the last one, of course. Uh, yeah, just, just nuts. Just, just people are nuts. And, you know, you watch on news, you watch the people stampeded. And I tell people all the time, when the economy finally crashes, the U.S. dollar finally crashes, and the economy tanks overnight, and you go and you wake up in the morning and there's no money left in your bank account, 
and everyone runs to the grocery store with a little money they have left, that's what you're going to see is exactly what you see on Black Friday. Yeah, that's yeah. how it's going to go. It'll be every human for themselves. <laughs> it's just going to be scary as shit. Yeah, true. No, so. <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. So to finish on my story, back up to where I said earlier. So, any any more, you see the ads in Walmart, especially. They have a little map they put in their flyer that shows the location and stuff and this and everything else. Well, here's the story behind that. And anyone wants to challenge me, they're welcome to. But you're full of poop. <laughs> Second year in Rhode Island. I had time to plan this out better than the first year. So, got everything set up, and I had a map. We we always use we always use maps inside, anyways, to set up things. So we always knew where it was going, but we never had the thought to put it out to the public. Right. I said, you know what? I'm time making this map. We're gonna do it this year. Well, come to find out, the second year I was there, we get a call from our, our regional. He says, hey. Citibank is sending an analyst down to walk your store Black Friday. So Citibank, <laughs> Citibank is an investment firm. Well, that's one of the things they do. So this analyst was coming down to walk our store, and we were in a mall. We were attached to a mall. And they were walking Kohl's and I think Sears. And um, based on this analyst's report of how your store did on Black Friday, could either pick your stock up, drop your stock down right so it was important that they're picking your stock up right you know so plans were all in place day and a half day and a half before we get the call about this analyst showing up regionals freaking out all up my dms but how many people do i need to send i'm pulling people out of other stores <laughs> to to amble store to and my dms like animal's got it covered he says he's fine no no i've seen his plans he's fine He's fine. It'll be fine. Wayne went on a limb. This is only second year of work for the guy. He went on a limb for me. Tell him regional, hey, you don't need to send. Yeah, back off. Because I'll tell you what, sending extra people in makes it more of a muck. Gums up the works. Yep. Just gums up the work. Yep. Sticking to people that know me, been working with me for two years, and they'll get done. It was the first year they set up that daisy chain of the kiosks. Yeah. Not kiosks. Kiosks? The. I know what you're this doing. The squiggly make lines yeah. like Disney. <laughs> so we had everything set up. I produced a map we were handing out to our customers. No one had ever done this before. So the analyst shows up, DM meets her, hands her a map, she sees her hand out maps to the customers. Everything's worked on the map. Everything's laid out right. Blah, blah, blah. Big bam, boom. They went off without a hitch. They went off without a hitch. Couple weeks later, DM's like, "Hey, just thought you wanted to know." He goes, "I might read this." So, in the report, it was my store that was listed as being. This analyst was just blown away, right? Because she'd been at Coles prior, and that was just <laughs> a cluster. So that only helps the situation, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of big tick up we did on stock at that time. There was like a two week where the stock was up much more than it normally was, um, and I think it was a year, maybe a year. I think it was the next year. All of a sudden, Walmart's got maps 
in their flyer. They got this going on. So, but that's something I took from here, from Vestal, put it to use. And, um, yeah, so let's put it on my tombstone. He made the Walmart map. Yes. He made the Walmart or map. map. Black Friday map, Walmart, yeah. And then, you know, Walmart just went the hell in a handbasket. Now, but, see, I never, because I was in retail, I never shopped on Black Friday. Never did. Neither do I. It was just three or four years ago was the first time ever for me. And I went to the J.C. Walmart on Black Friday and they had a map. And I said, this is brilliant. I remember saying to myself, this was a brilliant it's idea. It's me. Yeah, and that was a great idea. Yeah. So, so you asked me, well, why are you still with Walmart? You're a genius. I said, well, I am a genius, but changed my DM, got a new DM in. <laughs> And he didn't quite see my brilliance at times. Um, so, you know, I went my way and he went his. Uh, but, yeah, that happens, too. And that's, again, um, I would no longer. I wasn't as quick to jump on the corporate bandwagon when they went on things. Right, right. And that comes from being trained for 10 years. You do it one third to do To do yeah. your store yeah. that makes sense for your area. Yeah, you want to be, you know, they used to, they used to preach to be a merchant. Be a merchant. Yeah, be a merchant, you know. That's and now it. let's be a drone. And that second yeah. year, that second year, I had merchandise everywhere. You couldn't, you could barely get down the aisle. You weren't wearing, and I was wearing double digit increases all season long. And you'll, you'll, all season long. You'll go in the Sam's Club now, <laughs> you'll see things that were against, you know, the holy rule. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll see, on an end cap, you'll see three different beers. You, why would you force a customer to choose? Make a choice. Yeah, it's stupid, and they do it now. It's okay to do it now, which is ridiculous. Oh, well, see, that's why, because like, <laughs> like all the things I got written up for, eventually got removed and sent back home to New York and left Rhode Island, lost my store. They do now without hesitation. <laughs> without hesitation, they do these things, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got written up and suspended for that at one point. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, and again, it's when everything switched to. Well, corporate wants it done this way, and you're not. My first DM was all about the sales, all about the bottom line. Mm -hmm. If you were doing double digit sales, I'm gonna. He stayed out of my store for the whole month of December for the most part. <laughs> he gave me advance warning before he showed up, so I could fix whatever I had to fix, so he wouldn't have to write me up. The new DM, not so much. <laughs> so, so, like me, Jackson. Yeah, yes. Jackson. Jackson. Anyways. Definitely story, I'm sticking to it. But if you're happy you got a map when you get to Walmart to find your crap, you can thank me. I, I'll take all the praise on that one. <laughs> well, I'm going to thank you. I'm just saying. Now, we did at Christmas Tree Shops, we did use maps. We had a special uh, that ran, I can't remember, it was every week, every two weeks. It's been so long. Uh, but this is before my Walmart experience. But we had maps of uh, where every item was on that special. When he came in, you know, the flyer. On the Santa's Flyer, whatever the hell it's called, and then you were handed a map and you could find the item in the store. And this is the Christmas tree shops. Now, this is guys a good 10 to 15 years ago now, a long time ago. But uh, the point being is uh, the map was always wrong because I was partially responsible where the shit went. And half the time, we didn't even have it. You know what I'm saying? It was still right. in a truck. We're buried. We were so far behind in processing freight, there was no way to get. The special items out for right. sale. And, and that's, yeah. And that was know? the point of doing maps at store level. Right. Right. So if you had to make any last minute changes, you could. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that time. Is it? I need a shot. I need a shot. Too. I need a shot. And tonight, what are we doing, James? Oh, my soul's red berry brandy. Mm. Hopefully, it's a little smoother than the apple brandy from the Chimera mm. Farm. Well, here's the swimming with bow-legged elves. Man, there we go. 
Oh, yeah. That is much better. A little smoother. I like that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's Oh. So, yeah. So, Thanksgiving. Uh, like I said, if you're listening to this, you survived the Black Friday carnage, and I hope you got what you were looking for. And it, it's not like it was. It starts, it starts on Thanksgiving now. I mean, I, some stores they do, have backed they do, away. They do early sales. Yeah, some stores have backed away this year, but yet, yet, last year and the year before like, it was huge. 8 o'clock, you do it on Thursday, yeah. Thanksgiving Day, 8 o'clock, and you pick up this and that, and then certain things come out at midnight. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't know, but are they still doing that this year? I thought a lot of them backed away from it. I know they did it last year, because I know my, <laughs> my now daughter-in-law would make sure that dinner and everything was wrapped up by a certain time. So her and her girlfriends could go and do shopping and things like that. And it's all civil, well, semi-civilized. There's, you know, if you're standing in line, you get tickets. And oh, that's something else we start too. Is there, there were tickets we handed out, so we knew, like we had ten playstations. Ah, there you go. You went first ten people in line got a ticket for that playstation. Yeah. You know, so someone if someone was just there for the playstation, they weren't having to stand there the whole time. Right. You know, we tried to make it a little more civilized for people, but um. Yeah, it's, but it's still, and there's still, you still see crazy crap going on. Guarantee you there'll be at least eight dozen YouTube videos of stampedes and trampolines and people fighting. And I stood, I stood in a line for Target one year, uh, wrapped around the corner, you know, that, that's a fucking parking lot. Target. All the way down past, uh, yeah. uh, what's the other store in that Target line? All the way down was a clothing store. Was that Coles or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll download it on there. I yeah. waited that long in line to get in Target. You had to have the Xbox 360, you know, the special edition blah, blah shit four or five years, six years ago, whatever the hell it was. You know, so, yep, that was yep. my, my night. Yeah, I'm not sure what the big item is this Freezing year. Freezing my ass off. Freezing <laughs> your ass off. It was yeah. the price, though. I mean, back in the day, you know, it wasn't the price. I mean, back then, you know, you're talking, you know, six years ago, you know, 199 you know, for yep. an Xbox 360, you know, fully loaded. That was a good deal back then, you know, so. But, yeah. Now I have three of them. 360s, and I have a Xbox One Special Edition S, <laughs> you know, Gizmo, which I don't understand half the time. 360, I finally figured out. Yeah, it's... <laughs> kind of time. Um, but, um, yeah, there was some, definitely some crazy stuff. I know we were in Dixon City one year, and, uh, it was Black Friday, and I actually, it was my first day back. I've been off for three months because I had a uh, emergency cardiac surgery. I had uh, ruptured my aorta, and uh, my first day back was Black Friday. Oh, God. It, you know, because I was still a glutton for punishment, and I was a, I was a co-manager at the time. And, uh, and I can't remember what was going on. Something was going on, and... Um, crowd was going crazy about something and uh our our head of security our district security guy he was probably six ish six one and he was probably easy easy 250 275 and uh i don't know what possessed him but he like dead jumped from the floor up onto a sporting goods counter. <laughs> oh, now these things are not meant. I, I, how he didn't break it? These are glass. These are glass right. counters. Right. How he did not break this and be on me, and he just started screaming at people. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, wow, really? 
Um, yeah, it's, I've been a part of some really good Black Fridays. Um, and it's just hard to comprehend that you're you're putting eight hundred, nine hundred thousand million dollars in yeah. one day. Million dollars in one day. Yeah. One store. One store one day. And and anyone that's not familiar with you may not know Vestal, but you know a place like Vestal. Yeah. Where every retail store, place to eat is on a Three mile strip of highway. Yeah, fourth quarter, fourth quarter for Sam's Club. I can still remember to this day. You know, a bad Friday was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right, that's a bad Friday. Right, and that's in Brighton, Dustin, New York. You know, a good Friday was three hundred fifty. You know, a good Saturday was four hundred thousand. I mean, I remember this to this day. What our you know fourth quarter, what the numbers were that you wanted to hit. You know, oh. and, you, and you prayed for rain. Believe it or not, people we used to pray for rain because. <laughs> Sales would go through the roof. We yeah. were like, "Fuck, can't go outside today. Can't get a little Johnny on his, you know, on his bicycle." So they went to they Sam's Club or Walmart. They go shopping. Rain, you know? days off from school. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. You yeah. hated I, snow. Snow was bad, but rain was good. You know, snow I bad, know, rain good. My store is my store in Rhode Island. You know, it was especially from you know November through the end of December. If you weren't put, putting up at least a $2 million week, they were up here about it. Yeah, they were like, what's going on? Yeah, what's Why going on? And, and we would do that. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. We, were, we hit our numbers. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. We hit our numbers. But, yeah, and, again, to think, especially our area, because you always hear how economically depressed our area is. We've right. been hearing about this for decades. But, yet. People spend money. <laughs> the Walmart store, and I, I don't, I haven't, I don't have, I don't have current numbers in the Walmart store, and these are just ballpark. But I know that store would average yearly anywhere from one hundred to one hundred fifty million dollars in sales. Yeah, I'm sure. One fifty to one hundred million dollars. And I don't know if they still do that. They've got, a, they got the super center, they got the food stuff going on, and all that stuff. But that's just. That's just a lot. It's of still sales. always packed. And we're regular, it's still it is. packed. It you is. Know? That store is a money making machine. It's just no doubt about it. It's a cash cow. You know, it's a cash cow. You know, and they opened up. They opened up the second one, ten miles away. If that, five miles away in Giant City, and that one probably does at least fifty, sixty. Yeah, it's million. not. It's not as busy as the Vestal. Not even close. But yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't. I'm sure. It you know, and that's and that's how they increase. You know, people say why are they open stores so close. Because even if it takes a little bit away from the one, together they make more sales than the one would have ever made by itself. Yep. yep. It's it's a great model. It's a great plan. Unfortunately, they've just gummed it up with outside people. They have no idea how to manage it. Well, yeah, and that's and that's the problem too. That's a large part of it is, uh, you know, they get on your case about sales and why aren't you hitting your numbers or you could do better. And, but we really couldn't as managers because we weren't allowed to change anything. Yeah, I, I actually said that not back. Not. I'm gonna say, wait a minute. You want me to? You want me to? You know, make you know the increase sales. But how am I supposed to do that? I have no control over advertising. Zero control. I have zero control over what product I bring in the store at this point. I have zero control where I can put the product because everything's planned out by home office. Yeah. So you tell me how I'm supposed to increase sales. You let me know how I can do that as a manager, and I'll be glad to do that for you. Yeah, well, that ain't so well, that's your well. that's your job. That's your job. <laughs> yeah, so. That's why you're there. That's why you're don't. Again, they just killed it. They yep. just 
and you can say what you want, but when it started going away from family-run, family-owned, promoting from within, they started hiring from uh, out of college. I'll tell you what really killed it is when they started hiring these idiots from other retailers. <laughs> yeah. Explain yeah. to me the logic. Explain to me the logic of hiring a CEO of a company, a retailer that's that's floundering, and making him your new See? operation manager, manager whatever. <clears throat> Just crazy. That this, I, I guarantee you, the other retailers got together and said, "Hey, let's let's put our people up for Walmart to hire <laughs> just to screw them Go over." over. Yeah. And and not that I'm a big Walmart supporter, I knew I was. I when I first started, I saw greatness in this company. And they've just, they've just squandered it. Sucked it all. Squandered it. They just squandered it. Don't get me wrong. The managers always weren't always treated well anyway. Even Sam Sam was much nicer to the associates than the managers. But at least the managers had the ability to to run their stores to the best of their ability. Now you can just you can put a trained monkey. In there, as long as someone can read to the monkey and he understands what they're saying to him, to put X on spot B, they're good to go. Like I said, what kills me now is when I walk into a store here and they're doing merchandising that, for all intents and purposes, got me removed from my store and sent back to home as an assistant manager. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> they had a kitten when I did that in my store. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I just, it's just funny. The, the stuff that I was labeled a rogue, a rogue store manager for doing, they do now without oh, thinking about it. It's the same thing as Christmas you shop. When I went in there, you know, we were taught to uh, stock from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. Most retailers do from bottom to the top. And actually, Christmas tree shop was right. And I'll tell you why. From the top to the bottom, more people are most likely look either straight in or a little bit up. All right. So if there was a gap on the shelf, like the shelf gap, you know, and cap, yeah, right. there couldn't be more then, than less than an inch. So it'd yep. be like this much. You had yep. to have almost perfect in a Christmas tree shop. You go in there, it's still almost like that way. But the point, you wanted the gap at the bottom where the customer couldn't see it. Right. You never wanted to see yep, slack. Absolutely. That was a big thing. But that has changed. You can go into a Christmas tree shop now, walk down the aisle, and you can see slack behind the product. Which was a huge, huge no-no. You, all you ever wanted to see in a Christmas shop was product. You never wanted to see the wall behind it. Ever, 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 ever did you want to see that? Uh, I know one of our again. This is back to overnights when you would get one of the big, one of the big catchphrases we always use on overnights was stack it high and watch it fly. Yeah, there you, you go. would build. You would build monster displays. You would build displays. That were just huge, and we had one. We had one display, and I, it, was, it was paper towels. It was it was something. And we just built this big pyramid that you could see the top of the thing in the back of the store if you were in the front of the store. <laughs> and they actually, I know one night, just to make the point that this was a big display, we actually put one of those yellow caution lights that flashes. On top of this thing, like they do, like airplanes don't hit it. Managers didn't think that was too funny, but anyways, yeah, you. And and it may not always be pretty, but people buy off those displays. They buy. Yep, yep, they, they buy off those displays. They buy 
I, like I said, when the, the year I had merchandise just running for 10, 15, 20 feet in a row, with a little bit of a gap every now and then to get a cart through if you had to, and then more merchandise out there in the middle, just selling the crap out of it. Just selling it, selling it, selling it, selling it. And then the next says, well, you can't do that. And they wonder why my numbers are down. Really? Because you're not letting me sell anything. You know, and, you know that's great. And, and interesting story. When I was a Kmart manager, um, is, you know, look, I know we got to be ADA compliant. Okay. American Civil, I get that. But seriously, like, we couldn't do that because we couldn't fit, fit a fucking wheelchair between two pallets. You couldn't fucking do it. You know, there had to be a, enough space for a, for a fucking wheelchair. Now, I can honestly count on one fucking hand how many people I saw in a fucking wheelchair in my fucking store over fucking 20 years. That's fucked up. But, oh, gotta make sure. And look, I, I love handicapped people, okay? I, I have intimate <laughs> situations where I'm around handicapped people constantly, like 99% of my life, okay? So it's not because I'm anti, but there's got to be some fucking common, you know, thought process here when you're doing shit. If you don't have people walking around or rolling around in wheelchairs, you don't set your fucking store up for them. It's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> so I might piss and piece on that. Yeah, I and mean, we would leave space. Occasionally for that. Oh, it was a big deal, Kmart. Oh. They fucking measured it. They'd come out with a fucking tape measure. Yeah, we used to have loft those. prevention. Yeah, come out with I, you know, here's the Kmart's loft prevention actually had more power than fucking store managers, right? You, you can't make the shit. And this is one of the reasons why well, they're going yeah, under. Loft prevention. Yeah. It, oh my god, they were their big thing with loft prevention was trying to get a manager because that was like the golden goose for mm -hmm. anything. So the manager, yeah. you know, you had to look out for the people underneath you trying to bust your balls and the customers making a, you know, complaint to corporate. You had to look out for law prevention trying to, you know, get you for any little goddamn infraction. It was nuts. Just absolutely nuts. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of Kmart as a manager. I mean, I, I remember my store manager telling me, hey, my different manager, you'll be back. I said, no, I won't. Oh, no. <laughs> no way. And it was funny, the Kmart in Binghamton, New York, actually was a cash cow. That was a cash cow for the company. I was actually really shocked when they shut that down. I was shocked. That was one of the, actually, the mm -hmm. money-making stores. Uh, for I'm sure it was. For everyone, everyone shopped there. Yep. For that area, it was low income. There. The pharmacy was nonstop busy, mm -hmm. you know, because of the, the income area. Yep. So, it's, uh, yeah, that was a huge mistake in Kmart's part. Yeah. Huge mistake. If they would yeah. get the store more payroll, they'll do what needs to be done. It'll be fine. You know, when I started at Kmart, true story, no manager had seen a raise in five years and no associate had seen a raise in three. No joke. Nationwide, nationwide. This company was trying to quote unquote survive. Yeah, so. I can believe that. Yeah. And when I gave my notice, the district manager came down. And, you know, we were going to give you the Syracuse store. I mean, it was going to be a store manager, the store manager of Syracuse, which was a big market. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to give me like $15,000 more. That's all. I know what these guys are going to do to me. You know, I knew how it was going to work. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Goodbye. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um,. Probably had time to think about more. There's, there's all kinds of Black Friday stories and yeah, we really got away from the Black Friday and... thing. But if you, if you understand the retail world, and I think a lot of people do, 
And you, most people have worked in retail at some point in their lives, I think, when they're younger. You know, this generation, maybe not, because they're all spoiled little bastards who hide in corners when Trump wins, you know, shit like that. You know, need their, you know, private space and their space, their safe space, you know. Uh, but uh, the generation before that understands what work is. Yeah. And probably just a Niall, you know, just took out an entire generation. That's okay. <laughs> Hate mail comes to me on that Hate one, mail. folks. Just <laughs> at let's talk it all back down. You're going to show me how to check that, by the way. Yeah. Good <laughs> yeah, luck. Um, yeah, and, and I will ask, and I get I get the workforce has changed a little bit over the years since I was in, but cut these people in retail a little slack. Um, they're doing they're doing an incredibly difficult job under difficult circumstances for nowhere near enough pay, and even though you might be a decent civilized human being. I'll guarantee you there's at least 10 of the people they've dealt with that day that were just utter douchebags. Yep. Um, yeah, I I would ask, and I'll probably make that my final note, even though we're not at the end, but I'll say it again at the end. Um, cut someone in retail slack, especially if they got a 5, 10, 15, or 20 year number on their badge. They have been through hell and back. And they have been treated horribly by more people than you will ever be treated horribly by. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's true, folks. That's, uh, you know, I'm being screamed at by a lady. There was nothing I could do to make her. And this is at the Christmas tree shop. There was nothing I could do to make her happy. Nothing at all. No. Nope. No nope for merchandise. It wasn't going to happen. You know, I'm like, all right, let me just call whoever you're going to call. And I'll let you know later. <laughs> Get out of my store. <laughs> get out. And that's that. It is what it is. And I have thrown people out of stores before. I've done that. Well, you know, I'll deal with the circumstances later and I feel justified and it is what it is. And again. It's just a job to me at that point. You know, I do the best I can. I'm a store manager. I've got a responsibility. Uh, but I'm not going to let one customer disrupt the pleasant shopping experience of the other 75 people in my store, 100 people in the store at that time. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, there's. I remember, and this was back in, in the early days of my management career, when you could do things and not get fired, uh, just harshly spoken to. And uh, we had a, I think it was a woman, I think it was a woman, and she was just irate, just irate about this, that. And she, she demanded a gift card. Demanded a gift card. I'm like, well, okay, $20 be enough for you. <laughs> and she's like, ah, that's fine, I just need. I gave her a $20 gift card. It was to Target. <laughs> Needless to say, my district manager wasn't real happy with me when that oh, finally yeah. circled back around. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. You know? Uh, Why the hell? Well, that kind of blew it off. You know, Dave, I just wanted to shut her up, and my wife had got me a Target gift card as a joke, and there's 20 <laughs> bucks on it, so I just gave that to the customer. I didn't want to spend any of the store's money on this stupid thing. Yeah. And, like, don't ever do that again. Like, <laughs> Anvil. So, uh, yeah, my district managers love me. That was back when I was just an assistant and could yeah. get away with doing stupid stuff like that. that and I, kind of I get fired. But, yeah, you, you can do that. But, yeah, giving away other stores' gift cards <laughs> to irate customers. Shop there. Get the fuck out of my store. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, in the grocery shop, another thing we would do, and my district manager was really big about this, Wayne, who's a genius by the name, Wayne. I remember his last name, but he was a genius. He actually left on his own. He just had enough and never came back one day. 
uh, smart man, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, actually. But he told me, he goes, I don't care if they bought a toaster at fucking Sears 15 years ago. Take they, it back. Take it back. Give them their fucking money back. I don't fucking care. And that's what I did. I've done that. I had actually taken back oh, toasters yeah. before that I knew we never sold, but I'm like, fuck it. I ain't going to start any shit. <laughs> that, that's kind of Bed Bath Beyond. That's why yeah. Prince Maker is Bed Bath Beyond. That was yeah. always kind of their, yeah. their policy. Yeah. That was kind of funny because I finished out my career in Bed Bath Beyond. I spent three years there. And um, to see them get all hyped up about Black Friday. Well, Wayne came over from back, uh, Bed Bath yeah, Beyond. Cause they're, yeah, because their sister could. Yeah. Parent company. Sure. Child companies, whatever. And um, they're getting all hyped up about Black Friday, and I'm just like, really? This is this is nothing. Yeah, you but guys don't know. You don't have a clue yeah. what yeah. this is about. <laughs> and no, uh, I remember that first year, the store manager asked me, she goes, well, what do you think Bessel's going to do today? And I said, I can't be guaranteed, but I know in the past they've been averaging a million dollars a day. What? <laughs> What are they doing for a year? I said, oh. I said, we do 10 million here at Bed Bath Beyond, they do 150 million at right. the best of store. Right, yeah, yeah. She just looked at me and just walked away. <laughs> Not the you answer know. she wanted to hear. Well, she just, people just, again, smaller retail stores, they think they're doing good and they, they just don't, it's just a massive amount of money that you need to, can't wrap your head around it. No. You really can't wrap your head around it. No. Yeah. But, um, you know that clicking noise is going to come up massive. Yeah, I know. Well, there's yeah. a clicking and noise on here anyway. Well, going to pick it up. Yeah, I know. Gonna, I won't let it I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a clicking <laughs> noise. It's not me clicking the pen, but there's a clicking noise we got to get rid of. And so that, this me, that's the And you may hear the furnace now. I have a new furnace. It is a bit louder than it's the other ones. a bit louder than the other ones. Yeah. But uh, it is nice. It warms the house much better. But we're going to work on some things coming into the new year. Did you know my new furnace has a 33-year warranty on the heat exchanger? Really? 33 year I thought I read it wrong. 33 year warranty and another and 10 year on the other parts. That's, 33 well, 10 years sounds right. 33 year warranty in the heat exchanger. Huh. That is unbelievable. Yep. Obviously, that must be not be the part that breaks 339 months. That comes to 33 years. I looked what? it up. I did the math for us. All right. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's all right. No, no we're getting near the end. Um,. Yeah, coming up in the new year, we're going to look at doing some things to maybe eliminate some of the ambient noise here. I think uh, we need to look at some things. Yeah, look at some things. Spend more money, Jeff. That's what you're saying. Jeff, no, that's not, what, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, we could, but I think it just might be easier to do some quick fixes to uh, take out some of the hollowness of the acoustics. Ah. Maybe some soundproofing around the mic. We could do that. You know. We could do that. You can put up a little cocoon in the bar area. Cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie. Remember that movie? Ah, uh, vaguely. Yeah, you gotta watch it. Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. We got. We're gonna be doing, folks. Uh, what's the next show's coming up, man? What, next what show. Next show. Next show is December first. I think we have. We're gonna talk about honoring our dead. Yes. Honoring I actually dead, I right? thought we changed that. Oh. Is I thought we were going to. Uh, Bigfoot. Sasquatch show, yes. Okay. I have Sasquatch to have. All right, that. Sasquatch is fine. Uh, and then after that, you had some ideas um, you had mentioned, and maybe you don't remember. Uh, uh, but I think we put the best show uh, on hold for a while, uh, which is fine by me, because it would have been a downer anyway around Christmas time. Uh, but the next show will be a Sasquatch show. The show. Uh, the next show, 28th, uh, which will air on December 8th, 
I want to talk about Pearl Harbor. Yes, that's right. See, I, did, um, I knew there was a change. I did not. I want write, to talk uh, about Pearl Harbor, uh, only and, because it's the day after Pearl Harbor yes. Remembrance Day, and I think we can look at some of the uh, lesser-known facts about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, maybe about the invasion itself, and yeah. maybe look at it from the Japanese standpoint, or what we know, what we didn't know, yeah. what they withheld, what they didn't withheld. True. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not a word, but that's okay. And then after that is the 15th, and I would like to cover the anti-Christmas theme of Krumpus. Krumpus, which I got my education on from American Dad. American Dad. So yeah. you know it's going to be a factual <laughs> show. Uh, show 30 will be coming into Christmas by then. And I think we want to talk about some of our Christmas traditions and yes, and things that we find and do and yeah, as a as a species and as a family and things like that. Okay, so uh, family tradition to Christmas. <coughs> and then the last show of the year will be show thirty-one. Thirty-one shows this year we've done. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. And I think we just need to look at. We can either do a year in review or recap. Which we do almost every show, and we can or we can look at what we're going to be doing in 2018. Or we could have our awesome webmaster guy uh, just take all 30 shows and take the funniest shit out of each one and put together a show like that. No, we could, because he has so much fucking the best stuff. <laughs> best stuff, yeah, because I got so much time on my freaking hands. Not just an idea. I'm just saying we had to do that, but it's an idea. Uh, that might be. It might be. We might be a little busy around that time. Yeah, we probably. Oh, we probably will because. Actually, that's actually the night I start back um, graveyard. I'm going to graveyard shift at the casino, so I'll be working from 4 a.m. to noon. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking the uh, the first week of January. Uh, there's New Year's going on. You're starting your your graveyard shift. Graveyard shift. I think that week we'll probably run a rerun. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll pick a show and just have them do it. We have never done a rerun before, but uh, it's that time of year we want to spend a little time with our families as well, folks. Um, and that brings up Christmas week too. How are we gonna? How are we gonna fit that in? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll do the best ofs. Yeah, maybe we'll piece together some best of shows. All right, all right. So, piece together some best of shows and ship that off to Renee. I think most people understand that. You know, and Coast to Coast AM does that too. They don't do like there's certain holidays that uh, uh, they do a rerun. At least our Bell used to used to do reruns. Uh, you yeah. wanted family time. I know you want family time. I want family time. You've got grandkids. I've got kids I'm ready to murder. Um, so. <laughs> Need a big time for that kind of thing. All right. So, final thoughts now that we're one minute and nine seconds over. As I said earlier, please, 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 please cut some of these retail folks, especially ones that have been in the business for five, 10, 15 years, a little slack, a little kindness, understand as miserable as your day might have been, I'll guarantee you theirs has been 10 times more miserable. So please try to be nice to these folks whenever possible. So until next week, have a good night.